Are you being recorded right now, Nigel? By who? The government? We are back. We are back. We are booka, booka, booka back. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to You Go Boy Podcast. This is episode numero two. Yeah, number two. I'm so excited about this. I get so excited every time we're about to record a podcast. I actually, I get excited <laughs> and I get so nervous all at the same time. I low-key have like a power surge. Like I start sweating. <laughs> he like a hot flash. I'm like, sweet Jesus, what's going yeah, on? Me too. I'm like, I have the fan on as well as those little <laughs> ring lights to try to look good just in case we put this on YouTube. Um, <laughs> we may, guys. We don't know yet. We're trying it out. Yes. Um, but <laughs> it's like hot and I need something um, to keep me cool. But yeah, we are here again. We are here, um, and, and since we're here again, who who are you again? Yes, I am Mario Javon Shaw from Charlotte, North Carolina. And where <laughs> you at? I'm at the Queen City. I'm in the you, Queen City. <laughs> keep on with this Queen City mess, because you know the last time our Cincy listeners was like, "Oh, you want to do that? Do you?" Well, well anyway, I'm Nigel <laughs> Nigel Mask, um, residing here in Cincinnati. Ohio. So I'm glad to be back with you again, brother. I know. And the intro music um, that you were listening to was by Jay Bosco. Um, We love our intro music. Thank you so much uh, for that. Um, Today's topic is um, Whom Shall I Fear? We're going to get to that. But first, we just have to do a little fireside chat. I need an update on what's been going on in your life. Yeah. How everything been? Have you been copacetic? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's Look. a big word for me. We need to go ask you to spell it. C O B. Yeah, never mind, little key in the spelling bee. So, my week has been crazy. It's been really good, though. I had an opportunity this past Saturday to go to our alma mater, the University of Cincinnati. Go Bearcats! Yeah, they had their annual student leadership conference, and I was so humbled to be asked to be on the panel. I was like, what? Okay. Um, but yes, I was able to be on a panel with four other um, individuals, entrepreneurs, um, bi- yeah, entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals in their own right. And it was a really great opportunity just to give back uh, mm-hmm. to the community, to really talk to students, empower students, because it's crazy. I used to love that conference. Um, yeah, it was very, I, a very good conference. Right. And yeah. then um, I think like toward the last year, I volunteered for it. So mm. to go from being a student, you know, volunteering and attending yeah. to now being on the other side, being on the this panel, it's like, this is crazy how uh, life can just come full circle like that. So that was super dope. And then yeah. a friend of mine, we celebrated her birthday and, uh, you know, the regular grind in the week, man, there's no rest in the kingdom. Okay. There's Beyonce no was not playing around when she said that. Okay. I'm, Okay. And then today I had a meeting with my group for school. It's just no, no breaks, but I'm good. I'm so grateful to have these opportunities. <laughs> you know, I have to stop when I want to get, uh, you know, upset. I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't have no break. I'm like, but you asked for this. You asked Something for this. You asked for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We and are hella busy. Yes. People. Yeah. That is really true. Um, I do want to say this, though, real quick. Mm-hmm. You know you tired. Well, you know I can fall asleep anywhere. But yeah, you do. I was well, out. No, I just have to pause and just talk about it. Like, so like <laughs> I guess I walked into this. We see each other maybe about like five, six times a year, perhaps. So give or take every other month, you know, we'll meet up in a city. Actually, next week we'll be uh, go- going to Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have seen each other actually for the past, like, like every other week we've seen each other yes, uh, just get on a podcast but like i love a good nighttime you know conversation do we, isn't that called like a nightcap is that called a nightcap or yeah, we'll call it a nightcap okay let's call it that so we'll have a drink and we just like updating each other on each you know on our lives and every time nigel falls asleep on me so if like if you follow my instagram i literally have a gallery <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Nigel like sleep and it's always in like the same position but 
um, we can't, you know, blame him for it because he comes from a family of sleepers, legitimately. Man, a family we'll of- have to talk about that another time. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, but you need a test. And you, like, you might look cute and dainty and stuff, but, like, that <laughs> door is very hard. Like, you, oof. Sometimes I'd be, like, going to punch you. Wake well, your ass up. Damn it. I am worn out at the end of the day. And I know many of our listeners can (laughs) attest to, you know, people, first of all, they like to be in denial that they snore. I'm not even in denial about it. I know it sounds. I'm in denial. Yeah, you are. Yeah, Yeah, because I I don't believe you. I may do it just a little bit. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, all I wanted to say was we went out to eat yesterday evening. And I knew it was a problem because in the midst of the conversation, sleep just jumped on my back and I tried to fight it. But when I, I fell asleep at the bar, Nigel, I fell asleep. This is becoming my, a problem. And my friend was like, did you just fall asleep? I said, man, we got to wrap this up. I got to go. I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, so that's how my weekend, my week has been going. Let's talk about you, Mr. Um, International. You just got back from Columbia. I just got back from Columbia. I mean, just like, it's just, it was amazing. I, I just love how you see so many brown and black people mm-hmm. everywhere. And like, you know, in the United States, uh, you know, we're kind of like taught to think that like black people just exist in like these small pockets. But once you start traveling internationally, you begin to recognize that we are everywhere and we are beautiful. Um, but I was in Medellin, Colombia, and it was amazing. Like the, we, we did a... Um, a Airbnb experience and mm-hmm. I'm all about these Airbnb experiences because it's not like you're getting on a tour bus or like one of those little boats those little duck boats and you know hearing like this person over at intercom talking about just basic facts about a city mm-hmm. but like the Airbnb experiences are about like they're led by a local and that's what i love about it and so that makes a big difference oh, being led it was by so a good. local i'm sure and yeah. so you know i love you know vegetables garden all that type of stuff and so <laughs> i went to airbnb airbnb experience called um medellin from the farmer's eye and it was oh, very boy, and you are a little farmer so i know you i am a little farmer that. okay listen you're the only <laughs> one i know that has an apartment not a home i have an apartment an apartment that has a full-ass <laughs> garden. My man's be out here giving people basil, thyme, tomatoes, and everything as a Meat house potatoes. Farm. I tried to go a watermelon, but I didn't have enough room. <laughs> I uh, had no. greens out there. <laughs> I'm like, I you have a full-on yes. urban garden. I just believe in that. Like, I, It taught me patience and just like living with anxiety, which really is a part of our our topic today uh, around whom shall I fear uh, anxiety, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the background of anxiety is fear. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I, I garden so that I could not have all of this anxiety and not be fearful and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, so it's a lot of flowers in Medellin and I love that. Love and, um, florals. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. And then I came back home and tried to like, decorate like do these like floor arrangements i'm gonna get it right nigel tried to talk bad about my first uh floor arrangement and <laughs> now good afterwards. I, I did not <laughs> well i can be known as a dream killer sometimes i did not come at your you know arrangement crazy i just had a soft suggestion <laughs> in which you also agreed did you not i did i did agree okay and i, and I i'm gonna work on it. i'm gonna continue to work on it um, but yeah, and then yesterday, Saturday, so uh, it was Jason's wedding, my business partner's wedding, and I think it's like St. Helena Island or something like that. It was mm-hmm. in South Carolina, but it was so, so beautiful. It was a brunch style wedding, and you Ooh, know, that's I, my listen, brunch style, brunch style wedding. First of all, like this is only my fourth wedding, I don't go to that many weddings, um, mm-hmm. and I love them, I cried every one of them, I cried at his um and because <laughs> i love love i love the idea yeah. of love and and two people finding each other and coming together oh, and making yes. it work and puzzling themselves together but um it was very very beautiful but uh, you know it was about three hours away mm-hmm. and you know i don't do the driving so i was in the back seat chilling and enjoying my time my foot is uh <laughs> 
my foot is like I got like what is it's falling asleep. Yeah, I know <laughs> what was happening up. with you. I know. I'm looking at you on video like, Lord, I hope you don't what tip off. On? I know. Merciful. My foot is falling asleep. It's too much drinking. Oh, speaking of uh, of that, like, what is in your cup? <laughs> um. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so of course, as we, uh, shared last time on the last podcast, we are bourbon drinkers. So you'll always hear us talking about some bourbon or some whiskey that we're enjoying as we're taping. And so tonight I am drinking from a local brewery, um, not brewery child as beer. I've been hearing about breweries all day. Distillery. Distillery. Okay. Yes. So new Rift Distillery here in Northern uh, Kentucky. Uh, right oh, across wow. the bridge from Cincy, they have released their uh, bourbon, and it is the bomb. I really, really like it. Um, I didn't mix it with anything because I really want to, you know, taste the bourbon mm-hmm. that's been sitting for. I think they've done it for four years. It's been sitting, and um, it's great. And I'm all about presentation. That bottle, I might have to post it to our IG story. That bottle yeah. is so sexy. <laughs> it starts off black, uh, like a matte black, and then it melts into like this yeah. cognac brown bronze oh that's nice yeah i'm a package whore like i love I the way love that like yeah. package or the bottle the way that it looks love it all it's that good. yeah so what are you what are you drinking on tonight good sir Wolf. who that wolf of reserve <laughs> i hate the way you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> i'm drinking wolf I hate it. <laughs> Are you drinking the original Woodford? Uh, which what's the original? Uh, let's see. Let me Kentucky see about straight bourbon, uh, whiskey. Yes, sir. That's the original. Okay, this is the original. This yes. is how are you enjoying it? Little ass bottle, but it's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, and 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 I mixed it, mixed it, and I missed it. I mixed it with uh, San Pellegrino. Love San Pellegrino. It was, I mean, it not was. It is amazing. Like, I love it. It's like a refreshing, light feel versus like the ginger ale could be just a little bit heavy. So, um, I ain't no, I ain't on no Singrams. Uh, no, uh, what's the name of uh, Sweep Swebbles? I'm not doing any of that today. No. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of which, too, before we even go into our talk, but we just have to thank our listeners, um, and our followers. Man, you guys, I'm like, it's for real. Thank y'all so much. All the love and support that we've received, um, even before the podcast, but definitely afterward. Uh, people sharing it, liking it, messaging us about um, just the energy that they were able to feel mm-hmm. from the podcast. We thank you for all the opportunities. I don't say um, cons, I say opportunities where we can grow, how we can enhance. Uh, the podcast we just thank you all so so yeah. very much yes i loved it and uh, a lot of people are just like hey i'm gonna post this on my own uh blog some people are putting in a newsletter like hey you have to uh, listen to this um one of my favorite comments was from uh sister tara cousins i just yeah. love hers <laughs> hers is just amazing and i haven't seen her in so long so shout out to you um sister tara um but yeah, it was just good. Yeah, um, so let's get into Yeah, let's get into it. I'm sorry. You know, I'm yeah. just like reminiscing on just like, yeah, it was just amazing just to see how much like you guys are pouring into us. And we just hope that we're able to continue to serve you guys. But um, whom shall I fear? And this is a oh, Halloween. Yeah, this is a Halloween mm-hmm. edition. Okay. <laughs> did so, did yeah, you watch I, like kid movie like Halloween? Kid, you know, because not just skip di- directly at four years old to like Jason and Freddie. Like he did not really have like this childhood. Like, did I you did even not. watch like Scooby Doo? Did you do um, Charlie so, Brown? As you all will continue to get to know us, <laughs> I did not have a traditional childhood as far as like movies and things and activities are concerned. I just really didn't get into most traditional cartoons and movies. So when it comes down to, let's talk about like Halloween in particular, I didn't watch like scary movies and stuff growing up. Like that wasn't my thing. Like, I don't even watch them to this day. I do not like them. They the mark of the beast, they the demon. Look, now you know growing up in the church, the Uh, church (laughs) That's where we got like hallelujah night. I was like, now wait a minute. Right, y'all bobbing for apples. But the crazy thing is though, where we were, 
we still the devil. I'm we still went trick or treating. <laughs> we did too, but we just didn't yeah. talk. We didn't tell nobody. <laughs> like, and definitely when it was when it was on a Sunday, my mom be like, "Shh, don't say nothing." Like, we going trick or treating, but but when we in the church, we used to act so holy and act like we didn't go trick or treating. My if thing there is, was an Instagram today. Oh yeah, we would be caught. I mean, if there was an Instagram back in the day, we would be yeah. caught. Right. It's like we had some nice costumes, but oh, that's what I want to get into. <laughs> costumes. So who was yours? Where we were from, <laughs> we weren't really getting into no costumes, my G. We didn't even have real pails to even collect candy. We had Kroger bags. Oh, so we had we had um pillowcases <laughs> in oh, Cleveland, Ohio. Um, because we wanted to collect as much you know, candy as we could. Like, I was taking your mama's pillowcases? Yes, we would take old pillowcases. And that was, <laughs> and that was our Halloween bag. <laughs> and we would come back with everything and then our mom would sort it. It was a little true sort and she was just trying to take all of the Snickers <laughs> and the peanut M&M's. But my Ooh. thing is, what was one of your favorite costumes from your childhood? So, I would have to say... I didn't really dress up as much, just like you. I didn't dress up as much. So I, I would go with like Lord Raiden from uh, Mortal Kombat. I was like a true, oh. I love Mortal Kombat. So it was, I think that was really like the only costume that my mom ever bought. And like once I like grew out of it, it was like, okay, you're going to make homemade costumes. Okay, but wait, can we go back to that part when you said when you grew out of it? Is it safe to say that you wore that shit more than once? <laughs> oh, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> Oh, you gonna beat this man till you can't beat him no more. I think I wore that from eight to twelve, and just wore like long boots to cover up the fact that, and then rolled up the sleeves. You are weak. Okay, listen. Ugh. Apparently, like my mom's like, I bought this from Kmart, and you are going yes, Kmart. to wear this sucker out. And I think it was only twenty dollars. Like when I look at like costumes today, I'm like, ma'am, like you like Panther costumes. Have you seen year? those? They're like about 30. I'm thinking like, I don't know. I, I think I'm just, I like to spoil your kids anyway. Yeah. So I think like $30 a year for a good costume. Come on, ma. Yeah. Like, wow. So I was like a clown each year after that because uh-huh. I was able to like put on a nose, put some makeup on, and then yeah. walk up out of there. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Where were I, you? Uh, <laughs> Nigel. Because I know. My, my parents yeah. didn't play. Well, I think it was probably going back to that whole lack of a childhood in that okay. department. I saw these things. I was never intrigued by anything. I never wanted yeah. to be like a fire. You, to be honest with you, I didn't dress up until college. And even then, I still had a hard time. I played a doctor. <laughs> and I finally decided to dress in a costume. I played was- a nerd in college. Every year I was a nerd. <laughs> Because it's so easy so to do. Easy. So, easy. <laughs> so easy to do. Um, one of our classmates, she was in pharmacy. I was like, can I borrow your lab coat? I already had some like khaki pants and a button up and some loafers. And she brought, um, oh, child, I struggle with this word. Y'all pray for me. What is that? That's the, the scope? That's the word. See, that's I didn't want to say it. it. <laughs> I, I don't know if I said it right. It is. It's a, that, ooh, we act like mm. we're so uneducated. I have a master's with, degree and Nigel is like, Done was, next year, and we still struggle. With I can't work. worry about it. Moses had a speech impediment too. So. Me too. That's why I need me an interpreter. Okay. <laughs> 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 so she had one of those. That's right. And yeah. so, with that being said, that's the last time I've ever really dressed up. So really, I can't worry about it. So, did you go to Hallelujah Night? Oh, once I went once. Uh, I never went. I just always I thought just it was like night. corny. It was corny. Like I, I, I was a decent Christian. Like I've always been Not like decent. decent. <laughs> I, I, I was just enough to get like you know a foreclosed home in heaven. Like that's, <laughs> how, that's how I think about it. <laughs> like, I'm always just. You say, Lord, I, I don't need a mansion. I just need to make it over the gate. Listen, and I could decorate myself. You know, I don't mind it. No way. You show. Go over there, ask Peter for some wood. <laughs> Paul, you got a little, <laughs> some picture frames. It's true. It ain't getting none from Judas. He ain't even in there. Is he? I just nah. feel like, I mean, I understood the, <laughs> the, the idea behind it. Because, yeah. you know, as we talked about before, like when we got older, they took us on these like, heaven or hell type trip oh yes to scare the life out of you to live right 
And I was just yeah. like, my God. Jesus, yeah, I went is- to trip to, it was called yeah. a trip to hell. That's yes. what they were called. And I loved it because I love getting scared. Like, that's my thing. I love, I love haunted houses. Um, I love scary movies. I like that adrenaline. Um, no. But <laughs> he said no. Mm-hmm. But trip to hell needs to have a trip of several seats. Like, because, <laughs> <laughs> like, nowadays, like, when I look back at it, it is, like, horrible. Like, like one scene was abortion. Like they were like basically like trying to scare us, like yeah. to like make like the right decisions. And funny thing is like, like I laughed at <laughs> during a trip to hell because they were like these demons and they were trying to act like that we were supposed to be scared, but like it was corny. So like one of the demons actually pulled me out of the group, took me into the woods, and like he took his mask off. <laughs> And like had a conversation with me, was like, hey, like we need you to like act right. Like, why are you laughing so much? <laughs> and everything. I said, like, cause y'all funny. Like, I didn't been oh, to I didn't been to some honey houses like more scary than this. And y'all are trying to like scare. It was trying to minister to the people, and here you are being a distraction. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. And I need to do I need to have done better. <laughs> but um I, I mean trip to hell was cool, but no. Yeah, it was an interesting. I will say for me, it was. Um, I was scared. First of all, <laughs> I don't deal with haunted houses, goblins, you know, all of that, all of this. You know the music that come along with it, and I'm sensitive. My ear gates is real sensitive. So I'm an artist. You know, I can create. I don't like that. I don't. So when we did the trail, boy, I was locked. I was locked up on po- folks like I was on somebody's line. We was like shuffling together. <laughs> and when they came jumping out, I said, we got, this has got to go. I said, what do yeah. I need to do to make sure I go to heaven? Cause this, I just, you know. <laughs> and at the end they had like the burning, the, wasn't it a burning cross? I don't know. We and had see, three that's doors. That's KKK type shit. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Another, a good one, a very, very good one. And it wasn't like intended to be like a hundred house ish. But it was real good, and it taught me a great lesson. Um, was in Clinton, Tennessee. I had spent um, Halloween with the Children's Defense Fund, and I was with the Yacht Program, Young Abolitionist Leadership Training. Yes, I was learning at a young age how sure, to. How do you say uh, abolitionist? You have my attention. Okay, <laughs> and so the interesting thing is they they uh, put us. It was basically to show the parallel of slavery in prison. Mm-hmm. And so you would either be a prisoner or you'll be a slave. And wow. so you would hear them, you know, sentence people to prison. And then you would, on the other end, hear them auctioning people off uh, uh, to go to a slave master. Mm. And so we were, yeah, we were prisoners. Of course, my ass was a prisoner. Um, <laughs> so after they, you know, hit the gavel, they tell you to run. And you run. And they're, you running through a cornfield. No. Stop and then it's Harriet and then you stop and then there's somebody else and like they take you on this journey to try to try to get free but in each like lesson I mean at each stop there's like a lesson um mm. but there were like gunshots going off and wagons and everything when I tell you that was my favorite like I was scared but I but it also taught me like a very important lesson what did it teach you the the prison and <laughs> and slavery like, shit, i'm scared right now listen it was very it was, it was just like wow because i didn't know and i didn't understand the parallel between the two really the 13th amendment you know i didn't mm-hmm. understand the parallel between the two um but if you want to get scared like you know just be a black man in america basically well. that's what p diddy said he said i on ellen he said i ain't scared of nothing i'm a black man, man in america did you but did you see that did <laughs> Okay. You definitely got him. I heard you were scared of clowns. I ain't scared of shit. I'm a black man in America. <laughs> yeah. Did you that, see that, the meme where that no, like the Tupac that was no. uh, coming out? Oh yeah, yeah. I did <laughs> see that. Hey, oh, I can't stand. I cannot. The internet never people. fails. Never fails. Never, never fails, fails at all. So yes. with this being said, um, transitioning into talking about fear, obviously, yeah, um, on a more personal level, like what what's your personal take on fear? My personal take on fear 
it's false evidence of pain grill. <laughs> but I, I really do believe in it, that false evidence of pain real. Um, but mm-hmm. we get we get stuck in that false evidence. That's that's just the downright truth. And anybody who believes that they don't get stuck in that false evidence is a liar. And mm-hmm. I think that um every now and then you get shook up. Because your brain just naturally, and definitely for us creative people, we can create a scenario in our head that's extremely, like, false and get scared to accomplish our goals, get scared to pursue certain relationships because we start thinking of of things in our head. And so my take on fear, I I feel like a little fear is needed. I I, I love what um, Yana Banzette says where... You know, if you're not doing something that scares you a little bit, where piss is running a little bit down your pants, then you're not living life. And I, I agree with that. I like to do some things uh, where we have to like burp at the same time. Indigestion. Sorry. Um, but, but yeah, like, you... sometimes I like to do things that scare me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the Will Smith like. Oh, little, yeah. uh, inspirational video had been circling around. Yes. That's something I, I, I'm, I'm fearful of guns, and I, I, I think like one of my friends, he was like, "Yo, we should go to the gun range," and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I should try to do that." But like, as far as like free falling, I think I would just die. Like, I think like so much <laughs> like blood will rush to, to my brain that I'd just be dead. Like, I would pass out. Like, I already know. That, that's just not my ministry. Like, I, yeah, that sounds, that's cute and all. And I kept on telling my friends, a lot of people were sending it to me. I was like, that's cute. That's yeah. nice. But my black ass ain't doing that shit. I, hey, <laughs> you know what? When I think about fear, and I like when you said a little bit of fear is necessary, I was thinking about that myself. I, I think that fear is necessary. Um, yeah. And the emotions that come with fear, right? Yeah. I don't believe, I posted on my Facebook, I was saying basically like you can't, rely heavily on your emotions or your feelings because they're yeah yeah like they are wayward like they could be one way one moment and another way another moment but i do believe that we are to use our feelings as a gauge Mm -hmm. to say Mm -hmm. where am i at right now in my if i was to use my orientation skills Mm -hmm. like where am i right now where do i want to be Mm-hmm. And how can I get there? So yeah. you have to assess and you have to strategize. So I definitely believe that fear is a thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's all about how we choose to internalize it. I agree. And how does it materialize in its way of how we, you know, are productive in the world? You know, I'm a close person. So I got two quotes. But like, <laughs> but I love uh, Lisa Nichols. She talks about. I love Lisa fear. Nichols. Yes. I love uh, the the video where she talks about fear in one hand and passion in another and how you need both. Mm-hmm. So you do. You need fear in one hand. You need to be scared to a little bit to pursue this. And then you need passion in the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, but I think what brings both of them together is this idea of feelings and checking in with yourself mm-hmm. uh, with feelings. And um, currently right now, I'm actually going, in November, I'm going to be doing 30 Days of Black Boy Joy. Mm-hmm. And you could join in it, you guys. Like, message me info at hismark.org or message messages such as you go at you go boy podcast. But it basically is thirty days of expressing gratitude. Like, I'm only gonna say when I pray to God, I'm only gonna say things that I'm thankful for instead of asking for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna journal every single day, like intentionally journal and mm-hmm. use mindfulness to be able to do it, just to really get into my feelings. It's like. It's like, a, you know, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving is like right around the corner. We yeah. kind of get very busy and forget about us. So mm-hmm. these next 30 days as we step into November, it's just going to be an opportunity for me to just like reflect on myself. Um, and so I feel like feelings is so important. One of the feelings that I'm trying to get rid of that's very much so associated with fear, in my opinion, is anger. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned this to, uh, yeah, I, I think like... I think oftentimes, if I'm really honest, I get angry because it has a little bit of fear associated with it, because it is the idea that you don't you're, of the unknown that you don't know what's to come. So you're so angry you, at the fact that you don't know what's about to happen. Say like if somebody, yeah, like say if somebody does something to you and you mm-hmm. get offended, it's yeah. kind of like you angry because your your feelings and your and your mood is shifted because you don't know if they're going to offend you again or hurt you again. So there's mm-hmm. a little bit of fear behind that anger, in yeah. my opinion. Like when I, I, when I check in with anger, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And I shared with you the other day about 
uh, anger and how um, ang- being angry is punishing yourself for someone else's offense. And yeah. I was like, yo, that is dope. And I'm trying to like be less angry. I could be sometimes, of, <laughs> I, as much as I have joy, I think I could sometimes be like a boom type of person. Yeah. And so like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm trying to become less angry um, mm-hmm. because I'm offending, like I'm, I'm punishing myself. Yeah. You know, I'm offending myself for somebody else's wrongdoing. You know, and it, to me, that's strong. That is very strong. Yeah. I think about um, how my problem or my area of growth is around being anxious, assuming you about the future. You yeah. said, you know, you being angry, I get anxious. Mm. Like, I want to know. Like, growing up, I was a, <laughs> I was a nosy <laughs> kid anyway. Um, we talked about that in the last podcast. We did. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember... Uh, I think I was a teenager and my godfather who is our youth pastor back at my home church. He told me, he said, Nigel, the problem that you're going to run into is that you can't be the potter and the clay. Mm. You got to decide which one you're going to be. And obviously I want to be the clay. Right. Mm -hmm. So I am constantly working at not being anxious for tomorrow because as you know, it says that today has worries of his own. But yep. also understanding that surely if I can be, it, things can be provided for today, tomorrow is already going to be taken care of in the day thereafter. But I just be wanting a sneak peek, like, what's going to happen? Is it? Is <laughs> that true? You need some help. Yep. I got to help. Yeah. But it's like, the Lord it, be like, I don't need yep. your help. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it really is about who holds the authority, right? Yeah. And like getting, you know, aligned with that. The fact that like God holds the all power, all authority. And so when I'm aligned with him, I know that I can't do all things. I have some authority, but I cannot do all things. And so I I have to always align myself to God. And often that's when I'm the most fearful is when I have, you know, come get off, you know, I got off that train, you know what I mean? Off those tracks that God is trying to take me. And I get fearful when I know that I'm supposed to be doing one thing and I choose to do the other. That well, let's stay right there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. When you caught, like one of the things I heard in that is that we have choice. Right. So you just said when you decide to do one thing and you know you're supposed to do another, we have choices. We have a uh, choice. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. So we have a choice. And in that moment, we can decide what mm-hmm. you're going to do. And so that's, really powerful within itself because it's like we can choose to feel which are you know whatever way we can choose to perceive something a certain way and so it's at that crossroad when you have to make the decision about which way am i going to go right that and and in the middle of that that crossroad maybe like a roundabout is fear because sometimes you'll circle around fear until you actually make that decision you know so or in my case i'll just stand right there until (laughs) Shut up. That, that, what is, that's called trifling. Well, that's called procrastination. Procrastination. That, that is. No, you'll, just, you'll stay stagnant, you know, that's in that true. one place for however long because you're just wrestling with fear. Yep. So yep. I definitely mm. can. So, uh, like, how has fear shown up in your relationships and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> how, well, um, when I think about relationships, one of the things I love about being in my graduate program right now is that I just realized that everything is relationship centered. Yeah. From clients to friendships to personal relationships, all of it is relationships. So how has mm-hmm. fear showed up in my relationships? Um, wow. I've always had this perception about mm-hmm. how things should go. Right. Mm. How, um, you know, relationships should be with mother and father, how relationships should be with friends, how relationships should be in the workplace, how relationships should be with significant other. And um, sometimes it just doesn't turn out like that. And that's okay. And so, yeah, well, now I can say that's okay. But before now, uh, fear would show up because I wouldn't want to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Fear would show up because... I didn't want to accept responsibility for my behavior. Sometimes wow. I, I acted 
the opposite of knowing I should do something, like you mm-hmm. said earlier, out of fear, so I'm going to do the opposite. So I'm going to mm. sabotage the relationship um, with a significant other because of fear. I'm going to act out when my mom or dad wants me to do something out of fear. Or even more transparent, <clears throat> um, just like with parents, fear that sometimes that they're actually right. You know, your parents will tell you about your friends, like, that ain't your friend or this ain't your friend or yeah. don't do this or don't do that. And because of fear of them being right, right, excuse me, I'm going to retaliate and do the opposite instead. That's true. So, you know what? I have, I've always listened to my parents when it had, when it, when it had come to like my friends. Mm. My mom was not cool with them. I used to be like, nope. Like my mom loves all of my current friends like she's mm-hmm. always asking about them same thing with my dad like she's like how is not how is not i said mario that's me um how is not <laughs> how is niger doing like how is mike doing how is Kader doing like you know how is uh patrice doing like she's always asking about mm-hmm. like my friend sabrina christy i mean everybody and i love that um so i never had an issue with that piece though um friendships I could like honestly, I ha- in, in terms of relate like the fear of friendships and, re- and the fear of sorry uh, of of friend relationships. Mm-hmm. I think um, I've done relatively well in. I've been okay with letting people go as I progressed in my career, and I'm also good when it comes to fear. Actually, that's we'll get to fear and career. But when it comes to like monogamous relationships, like that's something I'm working on because I think like the fear of somebody hurting me again mm-hmm. is always in a back burner, but like you have to like, it's always less and less each time yeah. it's less and less and less. And I think that is so important because a lot of people, they'll say, I'm never going to date anyone. I feel, I hear so many people that are bitter in terms of like getting into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I'm always continuing to just keep on trying and find, trying to find that guy that's like, nice and uh matches you know the same energy that i put out you know um yeah regardless of the past you know and i do think that when you first meet someone you do kind of have that fear around like what do they like what they know am i doing something right am i doing something wrong you kind of that that does come up you know (laughs) it does especially Uh, if you're a person um who is concerned about perception like myself i was concerned about perception is and i'm my conflict resolution style i'm very uh compromising and so with that being said i'm just like the fear of doing something that's gonna ruffle feathers i'm like oh this is messing up the harmony so i don't want to do that like that yeah so i can i get you when you say that that's true yeah and i think like with more of like the platform that you and i stand on like you know dating could be a little bit more harder um just because of people's expectation of us or um perception um of us uh Mm -hmm. but to me you know i think it it held me back um Mm -hmm. i would say like you know probably even six months ago it had held me back because i'm like oh i can't date this person or that person but now what i'm doing is like being less fearful of that like Mm -hmm. what is my what is my intention like Mm -hmm. as long as i'm coming to the table right then you know i could dismiss anything that is not coming to the table um in that yeah. in, in that same energy and so i think like i think for all of my people out there that are like single like getting relationships like i think that's some of our biggest fears like getting back into the game you know trying to find the right person we have to we have to do that we have to strive and continue to do that more, like just getting ourselves back out there and just like facing fear in the face and, and saying like, this is false evidence. Yeah. Like I do belong. I do deserve. And, and how do I, you know, get up in there, you know? <laughs> but, and that just goes to yeah. like, you know, just the confidence factor and the value that True. we put on ourselves. Because True. when I think back to some of the things that I could have done differently. I know that some of it was based out of fear. Like I'm going to get you before you get me kind of thing or, or I don't really, I have a fear that you're going to do X, Y, and Z because I've seen other people experience that too. So who am I to be any different that 
you know, the person wouldn't do that to me. So mm. I had to work through that for myself to say, like, no, Nigel, you are valuable. You are worth it. You have these, you come into the table with some really bomb things. And yeah. someone is going to love that, acknowledge it, affirm it, and be faithful to it. Be faithful. To, yeah, yeah. And going to be faithful yes. to it. You yes. just because, you know, especially being in the social media age, like at the end of the day, I can't control what you post. Cause I don't, first of all, I don't own nobody. That's right. So I can't control what you post. I can't control mm-hmm. the messages that come in. I have to trust and be fearless in knowing that mm. you appreciate me, you value me and that you're going to act in a way that one honors your God, your Lord and Savior, you're going to act in a way that honors yourself and you're going to act in a way that honors our relationship. Yeah, yeah. And after that, you can't worry about the rest. And when things do arise within me, I have to check in with myself to say, hey, why is that a trigger for you? What is it that you need to check yourself on? What is it that you need to pray about? What is it that you may need to vent about to a friend so that doesn't spill over into the relationship? Mm. And that person be like, well, wait a minute. That ain't got nothing to do with me. That's, that's right. That has something to do with you. your past. And that's why yeah. at some point my pastor always talk about, talk about this uh, around like how it's so important to have friends. Uh, mm-hmm. that one person is, is not going to be enough for you. Um, this is why people are just naturally uh, communal, you know, and they yeah. Uh, love to to have people around us you know and so if you're just only talking to your spouse uh, only just talking to like one friend or people say who or, or i hear people who say like i don't have any friends like you're not able to like filter those thoughts and everybody everyone comes with a different perspective and that's why it's so important yeah. i think like i come to niger with everything but then like with the rest of my friends i, I there's like this friend for this thing this thing, this friend for another thing but like I think that's, and I always talk tonight, well, I always share this with Nigel, is that, um, is that, is around how your best friend, when you qualify someone as your best friend, you're willing to listen to them and take in whatever they're dealing with. Now, mm-hmm. with just a general friend, to me, I'm not, that's, that's the, that's the difference between difference between a friend and the best friend with the best friend when you call and you got something to deal with you don't burden me with your issues you know but with the friend i have a choice (laughs) yeah surely with the best friend you literally it uh, uh, that's why i don't like hey best friend i don't take that lightly because like when i classify someone as a best friend that means that when you call when you need something i got you and i don't got Mm -hmm. for everybody Cause I would and, be, I would be drained if I had and, it. For and everybody. that, and that, right there. When I remember when my mentor told me, she was like, "There's levels to friendship." Listen, I was like, "Okay, that freed me, right?" Because mm-hmm. I was fearful. Here's fear again. When I want to please everybody, and I want to mm-hmm. be my quote unquote best self for everybody at all times in all contexts, and I'm like, I just cannot always. I can't do that all the time. And I need to know within the confines of my relationship um, and my friendships and stuff that it's okay if I can't be that for yeah. that person. Like, you know? Yeah. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's- careers. I th- like, how is yeah. like, <laughs> I know. Boy, I think, boy, boy, boy. I think honestly for in, in, in the career spectrum mm-hmm. or sector, I think that it, the fear, you should always be facing fear. I think the one thing for me, um, just recently around that was like living my life out loud and mm-hmm. being okay with being black, gay, proud, all of that type of stuff. Because I, I thought about how, like what, what, I was fearful of like that part. I was fearful of that because like a lot of CEOs are, they may be gay, but they are discreet. Like they don't really say it, and it's a reason behind it. And this is not even in a in a not in a shady way, but to truth be told, even beyond identifying as being gay, like a lot of people that have this influence and power as far as being like CEOs and all those things, they live such a quiet life to the public and do so many other things. (laughs) 
you know, and yeah. not even not to you not know, being not real, that it's yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, not at all. But yeah. it's just unfortunate in ways that they can't be their total selves. I agree. Because it may, you know, have such a negative impact on the yeah. organizations that they lead. So the fact that you're able to do that is very right. empowering and inspiring, I'm sure, to so many. Yeah. Cause I just and and how I overcame fear with that particular piece was that I saw so many young boys that, you know, they, you know, that were out, but didn't, didn't know what they wanted to do in life or mm-hmm. um, had no clue because they never seen someone like them be able to, to, you know, live a life as a CEO or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's like to have that, close proximity of them being able to talk to you is so important Mm -hmm. so that's like it it, that's what helped me to overcome my fear with that was that i thought it was so important for young boys to be able to see that um so that about representation yes so that we could eliminate suicide we could eliminate depression and anxiety we could allow people to go live their purpose in life um Mm -hmm. you know because a lot of guys could feel like they're stuck you know um and so that was the biggest piece. And another one for me, honestly, was I have, we have a staff of, you know, like almost like 12, 13 with profound gentlemen. My oh full time. This is my a, play job. I know. It was so three, funny three because ago, I remember when they were telling you all that you needed to increase your staff and you were just like, what? How? How am I going to do that? I don't understand it. I don't understand. I just. Uh, like you were I, so afraid of that feedback that you, that you got yes, from man. your investors about needing to expand pg with staff members you're yes. like how are we going to fund them like where's yes. this money going to come from and okay. you really understood the importance of like if i'm giving somebody a, i'm i have to provide a salary like somebody has to live a decent quality of life based upon them working with my organization like that responsibility feels so heavy on you i remember yeah. that yeah because i again i think we talked about this last time i don't consider myself like a traditional CEO because I'm not. like I know I'm so grassroots and like I like to still get my hands dirty and do the dirty work still allow my staff to to do it but I love being an employee to my staff like yeah, I'm, I'm leadership staff. that's what yeah. that is yep sir that's it serving leadership because it's like when they when they're leading a project I'm like how can I help you you know yeah. what I mean? Do you need me to Absolutely. clean it? Well, I haven't cleaned the toilets in a long time, so I ain't even going to lie about that piece. But, like, you know, I put up a table, you know, some chairs. Right. <laughs> you know? But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think, like, now that I have a staff, is the fear of my role of being able to help develop them. And so mm-hmm. I had to navigate that. And so that's just been really good. I've... I, 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 Right now, I'm reading Dr. Brene Brown. I love that white chick. Yeah, um, she she's amazing. Uh, <laughs> Dare to Lead is her newest book. And it's, it already started off like amazing. So if you love Gifts of Imperfection, uh, Daring Greatly, um, if you're in a, a place where like you have to lead a group of people, whether that's mm-hmm. students or staff, or you have clients, it's just a really good book to just fine tune some of those skills that maybe you, you lost and understand mm-hmm. that. I love the, the sum of the book is to understand that your job as a leader is to help people to, yeah. to grow. It's not to keep them there. Mm-hmm. It's not to, Ooh, uh, yeah. It, and, yeah. That I'm <laughs> sorry. That just got in me when you said your job is not to keep them there. No. And I tell my that, staff members that all the time. Wow, I, if, if I find a job that is, that is more aligned to their purpose. I am willing that's to get powerful. that number up. Like, because I, we may just be a passerby or we may just be us, you know? <laughs> Y'all can't oh. see me, but I'm backing away from the mic. I know. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's, that's the thing that I, I, I experienced in my profession as a cosmetologist, as a person who provides hair services, like... <laughs> My clients, and I thank God for providing them with so many opportunities. I had so many clients who have transitioned to other cities, states, Mm -hmm. professions over this, like, what, five years, five or six or so years that I've been working full time. And, you know, there's fear on one end, like, well, if they leave, I still got to, you know, I still need to make money, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But 
I love y'all and thank y'all so much that when y'all leave, y'all at least send one or two other people to fill your spot. So God bless you. <laughs> but um, but on the flip end, right, yeah. I'm in a place in my life where there are some other things that I'm desiring mm-hmm. um, in my career and in my personal life that may uproot me from Cincinnati. I don't know. But to say that, I say that to say that sometimes we're, it's okay, like you said, to see those opportunities and you pass them along to your people because you recognize as I'm growing you, it's not for you to stay here. Mm -hmm. It's for you to go wherever life and destiny and the universe is pushing you to go. And it's so funny on my end, sometimes I get people who's like, well, I want you to be happy and I want you to be great. I want your business to flourish and I want you to have the love life that you want, (laughs) but I want you to have that right here. (laughs) Okay. That butt. Yeah. I'm like, but wait a minute. I don't get to have that type of say so when you get a new job and you got to relocate or when you find a, you know, a spouse and he or she has you moving to, you know, Timbuktu, I don't get a say so in that. Yeah. You know, I just adjust. I just adapt to the new, you know, the new reality. So I will say sometimes fearful on my end is as I'm building my my business and growing mm-hmm. in who I am as a person and the things that I desire and they mm-hmm. don't necessarily fit where I am, I get mm-hmm. fearful of that because I'm like, well, what if I have to start all over with building a clientele? What if um you know, I should have just, I, what if I should just stay here because it's stable, you know, and I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if I do leave for love and all that and it doesn't manifest into what the things that I dream about? Or what if I do leave for mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and all of it works out on the career end and on the love end and I have what's truly the desire of my heart. So I kind of like toy with that in my mind as well, you know. Life will always give you signs. Sure. It would always give you sense. It's it's our job as humans to be able to see those signs. Like I was just telling my mom, she she had a dream about diamonds falling out of her hand, and the whole dream she was trying to pick them up. The next day, she lost her favorite gold earring, and so I was telling her, I said, "What is this trying to teach you?" And my sister was in the car with my mom. I always uh, call my mom every single day when my sister was in the car, and we was talking to her about like how like. You know, these things that you value, like, you're, mm-hmm. it's time to, like, give them up and, like, start something new. And she was, like, basically, like, that lesson has probably come, like, <laughs> over and over and over again. And I just continue to ignore it. And so mm-hmm. now she's, like, I need to really, really listen to that. And this is the first time that she's kind of, like, talked to us about it. But that will fear is real like and i i i, I think about that like because you scared like think about yeah. something that's valuable to you and you're actually sure. to give it up okay <laughs> you have to just you know just go for it like that's crazy uh i even think about like growth i'm i'm hearing growth too and mm-hmm. and i was just uh growth is scary yes one of the things i i, I talked about it talked about previously before not even not on a podcast but just in general is uh now i I love reading, but two years ago, I was not a reader at all. I used to be scared. Chad, the amount of books you're reading now compared to I the two read is like zero to a hundred nigga real quick. Cause <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading this book, this book, this. I'm like, you love know, it. You do know it's like three books at one time, whereas I there was a time where you barely read a book. A b- or even a passage. Or oh, was scared to read. Mm-hmm. It was so overwhelming to me. And so, like, the idea that I started a book club, I was like, you know, I have, you know, how many books in the canon have I read? Like, how many books, you know, you know, all of those type of things. I'm like, I haven't even read that book. Like, people are going to ask me about that. And it's like, don't worry about that. I do have a like, question about that. Yes. When you think of, when I think about you starting a book club in the, the reading initiative, even if you weren't reading a lot of books at the time, when you just j- took the jump, as Steve Harvey would say, you jumped to say, mm-hmm. I'm going to start this book club. And you may only, you know, have read a book at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that do for your confidence? What did that do for your self-esteem? What, how did that affirm you as a person who saw where you were, mm-hmm. know where you want to be? And that that middle process, that strategy, that process, like, what did that do for you? It first scared the shit out of me, honestly. It really <laughs> did. But it taught me that that God is with you wherever you go, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that is just the truth. Like, I 
I realize how powerful God is and how you just don't know where he's taking you. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to give you breadcrumbs. He's going to give you signs. Uh, but the bigger picture, two years ago, I could have, I could have never imagined of starting a, a book club. I could have never imagined of like reading mm-hmm. and really getting to know some authors now too. Just like, like, Hey, like I would love to promote your book and like just put it on my page and like help allow other people to know um, that this book is great. And, mm-hmm. um, I never, honestly, (laughs) I think about it now, like that's crazy to me. So I think uh, what it's taught me in terms of like confidence is that you never know where life is taking you. Mm -hmm. Um, Just enjoy the ride, understand what your purpose is. My purpose is to maximize human potential. And that's all that I'm trying to do. So Mm -hmm. with this book club, I know that books can be used as a vehicle uh, and as a tool to be able to help people to to get into their inner thoughts and to understand more who they are. yeah and i think that would be i think like as we transition to um because we have like five minutes guys i love talking yeah, to y'all it is ah, <laughs> it's like so good um it's like therapy to me after i like after our last podcast uh episode i like got off the mic and was like oh i just feel so good now took one more drink and knocked knocked out woke up the next day and was like life is just great yeah um, but what i, I think like you know, what three tips would you, yeah, give people to... Three tips to overcoming Overcoming and the fear. Oh, bless. <laughs> um, uh, three tips that I would say to overcoming fear whew, for me is, uh, one, have a village of people. Mm-hmm. Have a village that, you know, supports you, loves you, wants, who's going to affirm you. It reminds you about the the talents and the strengths that you have that so easily can be set to the side when you're scared as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you forget that you are a boss when wow. you're afraid. You forget. Mm-hmm. You forget all the things that you have already overcame to even get to this point. That's so right. you need that village of people that's going to remind you to be like, hey, you remember when that was a situation, that was a hurdle, that was a mountain, and you remember you got over that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is just one of those things again, and you can do it again. Yeah. So I would definitely say get you a village of people who can talk you off the ledge, who can affirm you, who can empower you. Um, another thing is um, taking that and then also just believing in yourself believing that you are greater than whatever is ahead of you. You might have to dissect the, the the issue or the problem or whatever that's in front of you. You might have to dissect it, but just know that you can overcome it, that you can mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. And um, the last part to overcoming fear. Mm. You only got five minutes. Nigga. I know. Um, I would encourage <laughs> therapy. Oh, that's good. That's good. I would definitely encourage therapy. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, putting nobody business on Fred Street. But so many of my friends I I have have therapists. Oh. I have a a therapist. That's I have therapy. (laughs) You do you do have therapy with a therapist. (laughs) Okay. Um, So many I haven't I haven't um uh looked into have I haven't, you know, taken the time to look into a therapist just yet. And I'm going to but when I tell you my, my, I get so excited. <laughs> like, because it's so good. I'm, I'm so I'm happy. That one. That's going to be my first one. Your last one's going to be my first one. Like, I'm so happy that my woo. friends, I could cry. Yes. Woo. I'm actually getting emotional. I know. You're I'm so serious, man, because I have so many friends. I appreciate y'all so much for sharing so much with me over the years about just different highs and lows in y'all's lives mm-hmm. and knowing that I have a lot going on too and we can just, you know, share. But we are debunking this stereotype that black people yeah. don't go to therapists. That's right. And we need those positive and health- healthy outlets to get this up out of us. Mm-hmm. We have so many thoughts and so many feelings mm-hmm. that w- that are just holding us hostage Mm -hmm. and we just need to talk about it. We just need some tools and some frameworks and to know that this thing is real, that it's tangible and that we can make some positive changes in our lives. If somebody can just listen to us, Mm -hmm. offer us a different frame of mind, 
to challenge us beyond our comfort zone, but yet hold our hands as we're like walking, you know, beyond that line. Like I am so grateful for uh, my friends having therapists because it has encouraged me. I've talked to my my parents about it, my sister about it, like, hey, Let's get us a therapist. Well, I know. <laughs> so somebody can just yeah. listen to us. That's a, that can be as unbiased as possible. They don't know it's from a can of paint. And That's we right. can just be ourselves and debunk that whole myth about what it means to have a therapist. Because other cultures have embraced therapy for years. We're just getting to it. And, um, yeah, I just love that so much. So those will be my, my three things. Get a village. Forgot the second point, but... You know what I'm talking about. And the third yeah, one is to get a therapist. I just got so wrapped up got, in the know. therapist part. <laughs> right. The so one. That, that one is my first one. The therapist yeah. one is my first one. My second one would be, obviously, to read a book. I think, like, you know, reading books to be able to see somebody's uh, beginning, middle, and end helps you to normalize your situation. It helps you to normalize um just the fact that everybody goes through cycles. And so I love yeah. reading because it, it, it calms you down and let you know that, you know, everything will be all right. Mm-hmm. And the last one is to play. Uh, we don't play enough um, as adults. We yeah. really don't. Um, go to Sky Zone. Just don't fall on your head like me. Um, <laughs> you know, go to the trampoline part. That's what I fell on my head. Uh, what was it? a whiplash? Like I'm the only yeah. person that was going to get whiplash. You're probably not the only person, but you're the only person that I know. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to backflip, but like play, have yeah. fun, roll down a hill. You know, smell the goodness of the earth. Like put your hands in dirt. Yeah. Um, go run with the dog. Like go play go play yeah it eliminates the pressure of having to to take life so seriously um so those are my three tips and And you know what i thought about when you said that yes is that uh mario and i went uh to see the color purple um, (laughs) on broadway (laughs) and it was amazing it is it was amazing and what I one of the things that mm. I took away from that, as you're talking about, go play and get your hands in dirt and just all those things, is just how mm-hmm. whether no matter your spiritual practices, it's just that spirituality is always around us. That energy yeah. is yeah. In everything. Yeah, God lives whether, inside us. Okay, everything. So like a plate of corn, like a honeybee. <laughs> See, like it's a really. It's in everything. That's what I was thinking about when you when you said that and. All of these things that we have mentioned, these are all yeah. tools. Yeah. And you just find a tool that works for you. It may be a journal. It may be starting an urban garden. Mm-hmm. It may be mentorship. Mm-hmm. It may be writing music. It may be, excuse me, getting a massage. It may be. It may be cuddling up with a loved one. It may be cuddling up with lit. Come on. Listen. <laughs> okay. It so might need come on by love cuddle. languages. You might need that physical touch. Okay, come on, cuddle season. Because <laughs> we're oh, in cuffing season, uh, not cuddle season. Listen, you said what's cuddle season? It's cuffing season. I don't even like the word cuffing. That I whole like I don't like it at all. But that's I guess it does have like oh you messing it up for me because now I'm of thinking course, about that's police what I do. and stuff and like handcuffs. We didn't mess it up for everybody. Now I'm like I really don't like it now. I I never cuffing like season. Cuffing season. And that sounds like with, police are out here like arresting black men now. But then cuffing season is like you only cuff for a certain period of time and then they go back when the spring summer comes. Then everybody wilding out. Then you want to be cuffed again. Like come on. Oh, we just what we doing? That word. What we doing? But nevertheless, I feel like, but I always give credit to DJ Bandcap. I oh. have not heard of, I have not, I never heard of cuffing season until he started, and not everybody used that word. It's like and a normal shout word. out to DJ Bandcap, who is, um, who is a, also a UC alum. Yes, amazing DJ from North, South, East, West, and I don't even mean just in the U.S. Okay, he is international. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, see, uh, I definitely into Mark. Look, he, he made a playlist talking about cuffing season and had all the jams. We could not wait until it. And not these new jams. Got a lot of people pregnant. 
Oh, oh, bless. Yeah. But now the so that. well, that's our time. <laughs> that's our time. <laughs> that's our time. And we're all over to go. So yes, thank you guys for listening to You Go Boy podcast. Yes. Again, you can follow us on uh Facebook and Instagram at You Go Boy uh, podcast. And if you want to provide us any feedback, any shout outs, you can email us at you go boy podcast at gmail.com. And you how can are- I find you? Oh, I you can find me at Mario Jovan on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I do not respond to I do not add friends on Facebook uh, that I don't know. Facebook to me is a more personal one. It's for my family. How can they find you? Well, <laughs> they can find me. So I'm on Instagram at uh, prodigy underscore 21. Yes. And also for a business for hair. I'm at Nigel's Gifted Hands. That is with an S on Nigel's Gifted Hands on Instagram. And also by way of Gmail, you can email giftedhands.90 at gmail.com for your services needs. Listen, you got the payroll. I'll travel. Okay. 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 We got to end it. (laughs) Y'all have a good one. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. Again, you're listening to to Jay Bosco as we end out. But then also subscribe. Press the subscribe button on SoundCloud. We're going to get to iTunes. We got to figure all that out. But right now we're on SoundCloud. Hold it so that you know that we posted a new one. Thank you guys for listening. Nigel, anything else? Nope. Have a good one. Be safe out there. Don't do nothing I wouldn't do. Okay. But be great. Oh, that's good. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye.